Welcome, kitties, to another haunted episode of the Agony Cast. And you have to change that one. Uh, This is where we uh, improve zombies through fiendly competition. And I'm your undead pal, Jeremy. Oh, 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 oh. And with me this week are... Uh, Nathaniel, I just found out that Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. I'm Lars, the conductor on the train to Brown Town. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Zombies curse. <laughs> this week, of course, is the second spookiest week in all of the calendar. The middle of June. <laughs> because they don't expect it. <laughs> of course. Uh, so longtime listeners will know how our spooky game is played. Um, our first uh, segment is the two minute win it round. Two minute win it. Fart noise. Wherein um, each participant will have an uninterrupted two minutes to respond to a previously determined prompt. Uh, this week's prompt was to select a vice presidential candidate for one of the current presidential uh candidates, I guess, and explicate your choice. Um, It looks like in our high-stakes game of Russian roulette, I am going first, Uh, so I'll I'll start things off. Okay, Um, so we know the prompt. Uh, It's to select a vice presidential candidate and explain your choice. As usual, I'm going above and beyond, though. (laughs) Uh, So let's get the easier stuff out of the way. Uh, Put Gary Johnson and Jill Stein together on the same ticket. Right. They can run on the platform. We basically mean well, but our ideas are simply gibberish at scale. <laughs> and hey, John Steinians, if you like long forwarded email chains, you're in luck. Whether you're into being scolded about wealth inequality or reading diatribes about farm subsidies, this team's got you covered. <laughs> so uh, let's move to some more difficult decisions. Larry Sanders' campaign is running out of steam somewhat, but making a preemptive vice president choice can really give the whole operation a shot in the arm. Just look what it did for Ted Cruz. In fact, Gary Shanley should take even more than the idea from Cruz. He should take his whole playbook. That's right. The best VP pick for Bernie Shamblers is none other than Lady Dynamo Carly Fiorina. Who better to manifest Sanders' message of corporate greed and incompetence than a person who laid off 18,000 employees while gutting a solid tech firm uh, before being fired in disgrace and receiving a severance package that could best be described as grotesque? (laughs) (laughs) And when Balky Flanders finally has to shut this mother down, he's already got the perfect hatchet man to do the human resources cutting. And speaking of long knives, let's shift over to Clinton. Just to get the obvious out of the way, her VP isn't going to be Barack Obama. No, she's she's going to nominate him for Supreme Court justice, either in place of Garland or later, perhaps, for Ginsburg. But we're getting close here. Uh, All the talk about Elizabeth Warren as VP makes some sense. Uh, She can be an unimpeachable bulldog against Trump's. However, 
she's been sitting the fence until just this week, and Clintons don't really readily forgive uh, what they see as perceived disloyalty. Now, uh, good news, folks. I've got an Agony Cast exclusive news break. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Clinton's choice for VP will be, are you ready for this? Michelle Obama. <laughs> now you've got a ticket with brains and muscle. Bill, of course, will be the face man, so all they need is a wild card. I don't know. Maybe Biden sticks around for that. Uh, so then last we come to Ronald Trump's, he's going to opt to choose himself for vice president because he <laughs> believes that he's an immortal tangerine god. Also, this prompt really only asks uh, for me to explicate my decision. And in this case, my rationale is that it'll bring around the end times. So is Bernie Shamblers the Halloween in June choice for spookiest candidate i would think so i mean his campaign continues beyond the grave <laughs> i have no comment these are all those are all well thought out um, yeah i think you got the names wrong a couple times but i think people were able to keep up i think his name is ted cruz is it ted cruz's <laughs> that's that's correct no i i'm i'm i stand corrected no, I did, uh, I did my homework on this when I Googled for a good five minutes beforehand. Uh, so speaking of mistakes, I actually read the prompt wrong and uh, thought it was about picking your own running mate for elected for president as opposed to picking a current nominee. Uh, I don't know if I want this to be your wife or to not be your wife. It's, it's not my wife. Well, I'm going to call your wife. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I went a little meta, so it's applicable to the conversation. Shocking. Through the example of me. Um, so when selecting a running mate, it's of primary importance to identify your own weaknesses as a candidate. What vulnerabilities someone else can shore up with their presence. So basically this question asks us to diagnose our own problems, or in this case, the problems of a presidential candidate. Um, our weaknesses and vulnerabilities, our susceptibilities, liabilities, blemishes, vices, soft spots, frailties, gaps, instabilities, lapses, shortcomings, faults, impairments, imperfections, and impotencies, our deficiencies, lacks, and our Achilles heels, our pensions, and our predilections. This is actually the most personal of the two-minute round questions asked so far, in as much <laughs> I misinterpreted it as being about. <laughs> the way I understood this question, it was the most personal. Yeah. So here are uh, some crucial weaknesses that will need to be addressed. Uh, uh, bad eyes, big nose, weak chin, patchy beard, bad breath, and frequently greasy hair. And that's just the head. I have uh, beer gut, skinny arms, narrow shoulders. You do have to work out. Bony elbows, feminine wrists, and some weird skin stuff on my arms. And all this is located on a weirdly long torso. My lower body isn't bad. No problems there, I promise you. My toenails are weird, but they're hardly ever visible in public. It's quite a skip there. From the... Yeah, I just, I, well, it has to be two minutes, Lars. <laughs> Between the waist and the toenails, it's just a no man's land. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a disaster area. Your fury road. So those are the physical issues. Let's get psychological. I'm yeah. cowardly, moody. Obsessive while also being emotionally apathetic in large part, which manifests itself as aloofness, which actually masks a pretty significant lack of self-esteem. Oh God, it's like I'm looking in a mirror. 
Yeah, that's why I figured this is broadly applicable. I'm starting uh, to sweat here. <laughs> there is an important set of things that I do have going for me. I am white, straight, male, and Midwestern. Personally weak, demographically strong, which is the basis of my whole campaign, as it is for many such as myself. So I need a real barn burner of a running mate, a physical specimen with a stunning personality that counterbalances my demographic strengths, which are likewise in many contexts weaknesses. So I do have a few caveats. This person must be shorter than me, obviously. A person of color, preferably. A candidate with candor, demonstrably. And a political insider, historically. But I hesitate to name someone at this point, as that act of naming a running mate is kind of a power move and makes someone secondary to me. But I also want to answer the question and finish this bit. So I'm going to go with Maisie Hirono, a senator from Hawaii. A non-practicing Buddhist born in Japan, Hirono was the first Asian-American woman elected to the Senate. She is truly everything I am not, which is assuredly her greatest strength. Thank you. Huh. Bravo. So I just Googled Masa Harina, and apparently it's a type of Spanish flower? I think you misheard me, Lars. It's good for making arepas? I'll say. <laughs> oh, Maisie Hirono. Okay. Yeah, I, I concur that this was probably the strongest misreading of a question that we've had. <laughs> I would say I would say this is an example. Uh, you know, in conversation, we'll make a joke and we'll say, oh, Freudian slip. Yeah. When we say something that could be something else that then was a misunderstanding. In this case, it's not even worth it to say Freudian slip. This is an obviously intentional misreading of the question yeah, this in order is a, to turn it into is, a confessional venue. This is Freudian shtick. <laughs> I do applaud your uh, bravery in your auditing of your own personal failings, although they, they seem to they seem to be broadly shared. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I uh, we're drawn to each other for specific reasons, I suspect. Yeah, and it's not all erotic. No, no. <laughs> and I, you know, I disagree with the big nose, and that was it. Well, that's a sliding scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be yeah sure. with, with this crew. <laughs> You know, I do wonder, though, about the vampire's amulet. <laughs> Just let that sink in. It's, it's sinking. Okay. All right, well. Um, Lars time again. You know me, as I introduced myself at the beginning, the conductor on the train to Browntown. Andale, Andale, Ariba. Donald Trump's running mate should be Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever recorded. Okay. <laughs> I'm resetting. <laughs> I'm resetting. Andale, Andale, Ariba. Donald Trump's running mate should be Speedy Gonzalez, the Mexican stereotype mouse from Looney Tunes. He's the per- yeah, glad you reset. He's the perfect candidate, ethnically Mexican, but born or well, created in the United States. He's as cartoonish as Trump is, because he's a cartoon. And he's drawn, scripted, voiced, and enjoyed almost exclusively by old whites. Now I must cede the rest of my time, as those were all the words I could write in uh, response to this prompt without becoming racist myself. But I do have a few additional tidbits that will hopefully not sound racist in isolation. Speedy Gonzalez would often refer to his nemesis Sylvester as El Gringo Pussigato, Perhaps he could team up with Trump to make similarly funny and offensive names for his political enemies. Here's one. <laughs> Hillary Clinton as the old white woman, La Anciana Blanca. That's pretty good. 
Speedy Gonzalez is known as the fastest mouse in Mexico. Wouldn't that be Vieja? It's um, two uninterrupt, uninterrupted minutes. <laughs> Jeremy, don't chime in to correct his Spanish, you I asshole. I do apologize. Mea culpa. Google says... Continue with your hate Anciana crime. Anciana Blanca? Old woman? I, uh, oh. I defer to, uh, to, to, Google. to Google. Let's just uh, let's just make this train wreck hit its final destination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speedy Gonzalez is known as the fastest mouse, mouse in Mexico. His cousin's name... Do you guys know this, actually? Slowpoke Rodriguez. Slowpoke, yeah, Rodriguez, the slowest mouse in Mexico. Rodriguez? What did you say? Well, I've been drinking. <laughs> he may not. Slowpoke, Slowpoke Rodriguez. He may not be fast, but sometimes in the cartoons, the characters say, he may not be fast, but he got a big gun. Which is pretty fucked up. Uh, cartoon Network tr- gained. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. <laughs> he may not be fast, but he got a big gun. Good God. Cartoon Network gained the rights to show all Looney Tunes in 1999, and they refused to show the Speedy Gonzalez cartoons on the grounds. I can't imagine why. On the grounds that it's offensive. But according to uh, Wikipedia, uh, quote, despite such controversy over potentially offensive characterizations, Speedy Gonzalez remained a popular character in Latin America. The Hispanic American rights organization League of United Latin American Citizens called Speedy a cultural icon, and thousands of users registered their support of the character on HispanicOnline.com message boards. Fan campaigns to put Speedy back on the air resulted in the return of the animated shorts to Cartoon Network in 2002. So a groundswell of support, which is another reason why Gonzalez would be such a perfect uh, pairing with Trump. And in fact, the fact that he's a cartoon now that I think about it, it wouldn't really be an issue because you just say you start to say Gonzalez, and people would assume you mean Alberto Gonzalez, former, uh, you know, uh, with the Attorney General, right, in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, final tidbit: In 1962, pop singer Pat Boone scored a top ten hit in the United States. Again, this is from Wikipedia. I'm not plagiarizing. Well, I mean, I am. But in 1962, pop singer Pat Boone scored a top ten hit in the, hit in the United States with the song "Speedy Gonzalez," which featured Mel Blanc samples spouting faux Mexican phrases in the background. Hmm. And that's my time. Yeah, way to mic drop. Oh, boy. The old Pat Boone mic drop. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate that even though you seeded your time, you then proceeded to fill your time, and not by reading from the thesaurus like Nathaniel did. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a poem this time. That's right, yeah, the, the Nathaniel defense, the old English poem. I'm glad you uh, brought up Slowpoke Rodriguez because I was going to uh, to mention that um, I remember those cartoons from from my youth. You know, that's also the time period when you'd get oh boy, in uh, Tom and Jerry a lot of really mammy esque uh, right. interludes. Yeah, do you remember this? You guys may not be old enough. Yeah, I don't know. I um, remember that. Yeah. But there was a character in Tom and Jerry who was you know essentially Aunt Jemima shouting, "Oh, Thomas, right. you get that mouse!" Now I believe yeah. they've actually kept her in there, but they've redubbed it. So it's, you know, Thomas, yeah. please get that mouse. Well, <laughs> Lars, you mentioned I just recently returned from a Disney vacation. Right. And at Epcot, you know, they have all the various countries have their own places. In oh in Mexico, when you take a little boat ride through Mexico, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, and then there was the birds. It was like the parrots. There was also sort of Mexican parrots. Oh, hmm. are, not, are, the, not the Tiki Room parrots, I guess. Or two yeah, uh, yeah, are all are all over the tour, and huh. uh, yeah, 
Wow. I, I spent the whole boat ride going, this can't be... <laughs> This can't be happening, can it? <laughs> just looking around at the other dead face of your American fellow citizens. Like I just wanted to get off because you know everybody that works there is 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 from Mexico, right? Oh, and, and I kind oh. of wanted to get off the boat, right? In all those countries, where you go to Norway, they're all they're all Norwegians. What? No, you're no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they, they. I guess they they ship them in. This is um, getting worse. And, and I worse. really and I really just was like, I uh, ship them in in crates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Norway. Um, and I really just wanted to apologize, but I but I didn't know if apologizing was actually appropriate. That's well, true. and here here's here's the here's the craziest thing about a lot of the stereotypes. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that if I knew more about cultural studies, I would see if this was a thing because it must have been. If you like, the cartoons are a great example of of stereotyping because the Speedy Gonzalez character and the reason why I'm sure he's popular in Latin American certain Latin American circles is because it comes from a joy. And a fascination with the language and the accent. Like, that's my mm-hmm. sense. I mean, obviously, the racism and the way that it systemically, you know, renders inferior and dismissive the people, like, obviously, that's why. But the fact that, like, like there's a so, difference, I think, between Speedy Gonzalez and, you know, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is there? And the sort of tokenizing... You know, I, I think I think we've got our mea culpas lined up for next for next week. Mea culpa. When, yeah. When Lars, when Lars uh, uh, David Duke's vice presidential choice, explains away centuries of racism again. And that is in no way my intention in this case or any other case. I think we've lost Nathaniel again. Jesus, Nathaniel. Boy, this guy's got to get it together. Man, yeah, that. And I, then these these freeze frames we have him on make him look like the the third friend in the Weekend at Bernie series. <laughs> he looks like a goblin, <laughs> which does fit with the show's theme. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay, I'm back. All right. Well, um, which is Cauldron? And um, before we get to the next segment on our show, I I wanted to. Um... Okay. Yeah. As, as, okay. As long as we're stopped like a train wreck, I feel like. There's maybe no way that what I just said would not get interpreted as absolutely offensive, which I totally understand. There are two things I want to two things I want to make absolutely clear. One, in no way am I a fan or someone who would condone even Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, I think my only attempt was to see whether in the future the cultural criticism that people engage in will try to bring back the joy that people felt, especially people like Mel Blanc, in doing these offensive stereotypes. Okay. But as we you're talked not, about... Your non-apology is going to hit the cutting room floor. Uh, <laughs> mommy's curse. Um, before we move on to the next segment, um, I did want to remind you and the listener that it turns out we do have an email address. Are you guys aware of this? No. Yeah, neither am I. Um, there is an email address for us. Uh, it is on the old website there, theagonycast.com. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the email address is um, theagonycast at gmail.com. Uh, this is a new discovery for me, so I did go ahead and check out that, uh, that account. And uh, wouldn't you know it, we've got a backlog of viewer emails that I think <laughs> it would behoove us to uh, to go through here, so I uh, I siphoned through and, and just picked out a, a few of the uh, the best ones. I thought we could respond to these on air. Um, that way, um, you know, people can get their questions answered. That sound all right to you? Yeah, I'm in. We're okay. we're here for the fans, right? 
Uh, so this first one, uh, this comes from xbonglover420x at verizon.net. Um, and uh, Bonglover asks, uh, hey guys, love the show, except for Jeremy. He's an asshole who dumps on everyone else. Less of him and more of Lars. Hey. Uh, Lars, is this from you? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, well, sorry, Bonglover and Lars. Um, I'll try to do better. Um, let's just just from Lars doesn't mean it's wrong. That's yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. That's Daniel. correct. Um, so uh, let's just move on to this next one here. This is from 420 Bong Hit 69 hyphen Ron Paul at partytime.org. Um, and uh, he or she uh, asks, What do you guys do when you're not recording? So, someone curi- uh, curious about our lives outside of the podcast, what do you guys do when you're not recording? You know, I, tr- I drink a lot of water. Yeah, I guess stay hydrated is a, is a big part. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a certain sense, we're never not recording, right? Mm-hmm. That's, right? That's true. We're always sort of performing the self publicly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we we had that uh, that weekend last uh, you know last weekend where we got together and killed Ryan. So that's right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was a team building exercise for Agony Cast. Yeah. Fortunately, he'll come back from the dead as befitting our show's theme <laughs> next time. He does the cuss cast too, right? Is that? Yeah, the Clive Cussler. I think they're dealing with um, Valhalla this week. Yeah. Right. And he does a lot of research on that that most people don't know. He will fly to the Sahara if he has to. Um, mm-hmm. He will make threatening phone calls to Peter Straub if, if you know, reason dictates. And reason dictates a lot to Ryan. Yeah. yeah. He's a real reason dictator. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, Bong hit 69. Um, I know personally, uh, I do most of the same things that I do when I'm recording, when I'm not recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, speaking into microphones, um, staring at a computer, drinking, um, <laughs> walking a line between... Uh, racism and overt racism. <laughs> so I hope that helped you out. Okay. I and, uh, and just as a as a I mean it's funny this question to be asked of this episode that that list I had of my failings was not generated for this answer. Mm. That's just a, an every I, I, that's part of my journaling. That's from my morning journal. Yeah. I remember you, you let me sleep over your house that one time, and I remember it was posted to the mirror that you see every morning while you wake up, right? Yeah. Written in lipstick. Uh, and sometimes, <laughs> well, Lars, the improvement that I've made is I now have a, a full, full body length mirror and I have them on like labels. And so I stand there so that the arrows and the labels point to the parts <laughs> of my body that are problem areas. It's basically the sequel to Memento. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not since, uh, God, not since that like uh, single eye mirror in the first season of True Detective has there been a mm-hmm. grimmer reflection. Yep. Hmm. Imagine you just play good, play good night horses to yourself as you put the lipstick slowly on. That's a deep cut. And uh, if you want a window into uh, my life, Bong Hit 69, I actually have three different versions of that song in my iTunes. That's true. It's good. It's a good song. All right, so moving on to our next question. Uh, this comes from Pepper M at whoisjohnny5.biz. Um, and he asks, are there any topics that were too hot for the show? <laughs> Great question. Great question. Any topics that were too hot for the show? 
Um, I know there was lots of back and forth on whether or not we were going to do the the transgendered bathroom issue. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it seems like every week, um, you know, you're getting closer to the bottom of the barrel and then you're lifting up the barrel and then you're digging underneath where the barrel was. (laughs) Finding more barrels. I don't think we've hit anything that's too hot, Pepper M, Mm. at whoisjohnny5.biz. I think... I think our listeners will let us know when we've got too hot. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the subpoenas will start rolling in. Yep. The tone and tenor of these emails will change. Yes. Right. Were there any, I mean, I know you're selecting these. Were there any just complaints? Those go into a special folder. Okay. <laughs> All right. So our next email comes from Rumped, Rumped, Rumped. Wait, I may be reading this incorrectly. Uh, at motherjones.com um, and his or her question is whatever happened to the Transylvania twist <laughs> no that's not true that one that that one was a little bit of a goof I'm introducing a new interstitial interstitial segment called Jeremy's goofs now is the is I mean is it is it possible that we could bring up the quality of this episode specifically by having your version of monster mash playing underneath? Every single moment of it. I really think that's going to increase the joy that comes from this episode. That plays during uh, every episode. You just have to turn the treble way up to hear it. Yep. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, so let's move on to our uh, our last email. Uh, this comes from I am on the internet at email.com, um, <laughs> who states, I'm thinking of starting a podcast about movies, video games, and TV shows. Well, that'll be a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Uh, what advice do you have for a podcasting wannabe? Mm. Hmm. Keep it light. Don't take yourself too serious. Let people know you're going to have fun with this thing. Yeah, that's right. And more, 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 more poetry from the romance authors. <laughs> I think so. I think that um, you know, I think that podcasts need to be more structured. I think you need to go with something that's much better planned. I, I just think that there's something about contemporary podcasts that's much too freeform and. Uh, you know, sort of fun that way. I think it should be fun for the audience, but not fun for the podcasters. That's true. I really, you know, our improv, our improv, our improv is great on the show because one of us yeah. says something and the other tends to say yes. Yeah, yes. we don't come from the yes and school. We come from the yes school. <laughs> yes, that is simply true. So long as you have no further uh, questions or statements to make. Yep. Yes, Correct. and cricket sounds. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, now it's time for us to move on to the speed round. Speed round. By the way, I was once told by Amy Poehler that I was I was should leave. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, in this segment, we uh, um, make impromptu responses to uh, randomly determined stems. <laughs> And it looks like our first one is going to be, what are some best little-known subreddits? Ooh, as if pulled from today's headlines. I I don't know why that would apply. Best (laughs) little-known subreddits. So you guys are out there. You got your digital fingers on the digital web. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of those those deep, deep cuts in the subreddits? Minecraft Walking Dead mashups. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the zombie nip slip. Walking Dead subreddit. 
Where it's just the nipples fallen entirely off the body? Yes, it's, it's identified when nipples literally slip off of the body. Erotic and timely. <laughs> I think that's cross-listed with the leprosy subreddit, right? Yeah, that's it's a subreddit of that one. So, oh, yeah, sub, sub. I think, I think that's how the subreddits work. There's the subdom Reddit. Uh, one of my favorites is r slash curvy, but not too curvy. <laughs> For the moderately body acceptance male or yeah. female. I'm progressive, but size 10 or smaller. Let's not go nuts here, party boy. <laughs> party boy. <laughs> the use of the evocative party boy makes you wonder who the audience is for that subreddit. I would, I would assume party boys, which is actually a, another subreddit. It is, it's, uh, it's, they discuss just party scenes from Hardy Boys called the <laughs> Party Hardy Boys subreddit. <laughs> Which is at a, a vicious war with the Pahardy Boys subreddit. <laughs> Indeed. Pahardy. And that's the, uh, that's the Pauly Shore subreddit? Yeah. Please. No, people in the Party Hardy Boys refer that one to the uh, Farty Boys subreddit. <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, there's that, there's that suite of subreddits, the uh, films starring Sean Astin in the 90s, Films starring Sean Astin in the 80s. Films starring Sean Astin in the early 2000s. Yeah, and that's now default front page. <laughs> well, Sean Astin bought Reddit, so. You know, um, everybody knows about, uh, you know, the, the Ron Paul subreddit. But what about the Paul Ron subreddit? That's a deep cut. <laughs> is, uh, is Paul Ron the real name of Captain Ron from that film? No, he's a politico, but he has a completely opposed agenda. There's also the Captain Ron Perlman subreddit, which is roles where Ron Perlman takes a strong leadership role in films. Let me ask a pseudo-honest question. Do either of you ever go to Reddit? No. I was told not to, so I do sometimes. All right. But, you know, I haven't figured out how... Oh, this is... uh, Yeah. We're going down to confessional Nathaniel territory here, but I like some other contemporary media softwares. I don't know how to use it to my gain. Yeah. The internet is baffling. (laughs) It really makes you think. All right. So let's move on to our second prompt. Uh, Surprising new research findings about millennials. Oh boy. Here we go. Uh, So what are some surprising new research findings about Millennials. Hmm. Uh, most of them lack opposable thumbs. That's fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, indeed, most vestigial organs have dropped away, so a majority of them don't have spleens. Pinkies. Mm-hmm. I read about a study that uh, many millennials have been misclassified as willennials. <laughs> oh boy that's, that's a deep cut there's something mm-hmm. about too many millennials um getting jiggy with it no there isn't yeah that's not research lars um there was oh there was that thing about millennials like um what you want me to freak this i don't get that i think there was a like something about the millennials and how invested they are in uh, men in black the galaxy defenders yeah you're pumping a dry well here let's think of some new research findings about millennials Oh, there was some about how they all live in the wild, wild west. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I mean, research indicates that we don't get them. Right. What generation are we? Well, 
Maybe we should break this down because our, our ages are uh, are sort of fine-grained. Yeah. I consider myself more Gen X, I suppose. Lars, I believe, is technically a millennial. Yeah, I think I'm Ooh. a millennial, actually. Yeah. Well, I think we've got a, uh, a window in then. Lars, what are some new research findings about yourself? <laughs> well, one thing that I found that is definitely true is that uh, parents don't understand. And, uh, and I really love the summertime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, and I'm the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really liked your work in Independence Day. I am a robot. I ro- I, ro- I robot. Apparently, millennials <laughs> are really good at using IMDb. What was your What was your workout regimen to bulk up for that uh, Ali biopic that you were in? <laughs> okay, let's figure this out once and for all. Is it biop? Is it biopic? Which I think sounds like gibberish, or biopic? Which I actually biopic. Yeah, whatever. I'm sorry, that's a millennial thing. I'm Answer very... the fucking question. <laughs> yeah. Apparently millennials are assiduous about phrasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to think of something about millennials that could be, well, whatever. I mean, obviously better, better or worse than, uh, than baby boomers. Because there was supposed to be all that stuff about baby boomers... And I guess, well, no, not quite the gener- greatest generation, but the tide has really turned on baby boomers. I mean, it's, you know. No, no, they, like, are, they are demonstrably awful. Well, and see, here's the thing. Um, folks my age get kind of lost in the shuffle there as though it's some kind of great culture war between the baby boomers and the entitled millennials. Right. Meanwhile, my generation, the janitorial generation, has to clean up the shit that both of you people leave. <laughs> yep. But, you know, that's, that's our lot. But I think that your generation had better access to college with fewer loans though right as far as i know as far as you know mm-hmm. whatever lars our generation was characterized by apathy yeah <laughs> lars yeah, is currently re- lars is currently recording this podcast at a ymca shelter <laughs> yeah or Amazing. his parents basement right yeah i have one of those um obama podcast machines you know that we get for free us millennials That's right. uh-huh. yep. if facebook is to be believed they are the ben franklin generation there yeah. must be there must be something about why they're so willing to post everything on Snapchat and have it immediately be forgotten. It's like the amnesia generation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The moment generation. The moment, yeah. Mm. Generation now. So, so I mean, well, okay, so and somebody got stuck as the Pepsi generation. Who was that? Was that generation Y? Technically, the Pepsi generation is generation next. Okay. If, you, <laughs> if you'll remember the television commercials, which you won't, you fucking child. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so let's move on to our last prompt. Uh, this is a boy, an almost seamless segue. What's on Alec Baldwin's business card? <laughs> that prompt again. What's on Alec yeah. Baldwin's business card? I assume a square inch of chest hair. <laughs> we can agree it's in all caps, right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, also, his daughter's phone number is on there, so you can call her and insult her. I think right. there's a QR code to uh, you know an angry answering machine message. <laughs> I think there's uh, like around every phrase, there's a uh, little stage uh, instructions that says to be whispered meaningfully. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin. Well, as we were privately discussing before the podcast began, um, I bet you it's probable that uh, it says on his business card, the best Jack Ryan. Am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually his email. It's the best Jack Ryan at Verizon <laughs> <laughs> at at clownpenis.fart. <laughs> dot biz. 
<laughs> but dot fart dot biz. I mean, that's one you don't hear about very often. Yeah, that's the uh, the double domain. A few dots in there. <laughs> double domain. I just watched a movie about that. Hideous. Mm. Not to go off on a tangent here, but Alec Baldwin has his own podcast called Here's the Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I don't mind uh, advertising for another podcast because this one is meaningless to me. Yeah. Uh, and I actually listen to it pretty frequently. And um, interestingly, although it's an interview show, most of those interviews are still about Alec Baldwin. <laughs> That's I, that's what I would expect. I mean, why else would I would I go there? I don't want to hear Alec Baldwin talking about someone other than Alec Baldwin. Right, that's it's true. just meaningful silence. I mean, maybe somewhere on his business card, I'd be like, uh, "When do I get to play the devil?" Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's simple, guys. I just think it says Alec Baldwin, and underneath it says the best Baldwin. Right. Mm. This raises an interesting point. I recently uh, uh, received an electronic mail. Um, I believe it was maybe from Ryan that um, almost dared us to um, to place the Baldwins in order according to how they would uh, land as clones. So uh, to sort of put us in the, the same headspace here, if yeah. you were to remake the movie Multiplicity, right. uh, substitute out the delightful Michael Keaton for the right. uh, spectrum of Baldwins, um, uh, which one would be the primary? Which one would be the second clone? Which one would be the third? I honestly, uh, I was stumped by this. I mean, I got yeah. my first one, and then after that, it seemed like a crapshoot. Maybe you guys could help me out with this. That's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up a list of the Baldwin brothers. Okay, so okay, well, uh, we can name them off the cuff, right? Alec, Billy, Billy is the second best, no, right? I mean, fair no. game, and you know, um, there's Dutch, the... um, there's Chumsworth, <laughs> Beppo, Gummo. Um, there's Fez. Okay, Alec, Billy, Stephen, and Who's then the, the one that's, then, the, that's the crazy Christian, Stephen. Yeah, was he, he also in the uh, Usual Suspects? Yeah, that's Stephen. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a career, and then he was in Biodome. That took I care mean, of that, and then yeah, you would, go to your last recourse, which is the hands of Jesus. Right. I would put I would put William second. I think. Yes, I think that's I think William it's also based only good. on his performance in Backdraft. Please, William, we're not on a first-name basis. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Baldwin. Mr. Baldwin was my father. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, so who's the, la- who's the last one? Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is actually... This is tough, actually. Come on, man. Can't you just Google Baldwin brothers? I did, but they don't rank them. No, but... <laughs> just give I'm us just the raw data asking. here. God damn it. So asking. what question is being asked? Um, okay, we've talked about Stephen, yeah. Billy, slash William, and Alec. There's the fourth one, and we haven't talked about it yet. Oh, there's an Adam in there, right? Stephen, Alec, no. William. God damn it, it just moved. There's only Daniel, four. Daniel Baldwin we've not yet discussed. He might be dead. No. Still alive. Nope, he's alive. Mulholland Falls. Falls. Oh, he was the one that was in Homicide Life on the Street. Oh, okay. Got it. I never watched that show, did you? I did. You know, I think we I think we might consider downgrading this from a comedy podcast that's okay to a conversational podcast that's pretty funny. Yeah. Is that is there possible to make that genre shift? I see one huge, huge flaw in your categorization. <laughs> All right. Well, uh like the listener, I'm exhausted. I think that means it's time to move on to the vote. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we couldn't even figure out which ball one takes the head. <laughs> well, in our defense, that wasn't the question. Okay, okay, okay. I think okay. So it's... would that be easier? Which which bald one would form the torso if they were to make a human Voltron? <laughs> okay, here's what I say. I think Alec Baldwin is the is the model 
and the scientist who generates the cloning technology is trying to clone himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second Baldwin c- comes out is sort of uh, is, is perfect. It actually worked out. He's a good, solid clone. He's actually a little bit younger. That's William Baldwin. The second and then uh, the the second clone right is uh, Daniel Baldwin. He's left in the oven a little bit too long. He's a bit more jowly, uh, and he's not quite as talented as either first two. And then mm-hmm. finally, they make the mistake of making a clone of a clone. They clone William, and then they get Stephen. Stephen actually is stable for a while, gets to be in the usual suspects. Something goes wrong, and his inevitable genetic deterioration begins. He appears in Biodome, and to get himself right, he becomes religious. Mm. Yes, Adam Baldwin, star of Firefly, is not related to the Baldwin brothers. I don't even know who that is. All right, well, this podcast has proved itself useful for at least one reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move forward to the vote here. Um, as listeners know, um, generally I don't vote in these things uh, because I simply simply can't uh, present myself as unbiased. Uh, but in this case, it's just going to have to be a, a, a three-way daisy chain. Um, let's see, we'll go in order, so I guess that means I come up first. Um, I'm actually going to go with Lars for this one. Um, I think his answer was, was strong for the two-minute, um, demonstrated some research. Obviously, it exhibited a lot of that characteristic Lars race hate. We can't hold that against him, I don't think. Um, so I'm going to go with Lars. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Lars. I mean, I, I think I, I, I blew it by getting the question wrong, and... And uh, there's just there are a lot of factual errors in in Jeremy's recount. I know he claimed to have researched, but there's a lot of holes. So uh, Lars's was was totally abhorrent to me, but it was consistently abhorrent, and so I think that's that's what's shaping my vote for Lars. Right, Lars is technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. I'd also <laughs> like to point out that my motto is lots of holes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Lars, do you want to make it a unanimous or? Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't vote for myself. No, actually I would, I would have gone with Nathaniel this time. I feel like Nathaniel did a really great job. And I think, um, his consistent, um, dropping of, uh, you know, of internet, which was obviously intentional is certainly the uh, reason why I feel like I had the time to be, uh, as, uh, as flawed and human as I was able to be. Wild card. That's why. Yep. Yeah, Hopefully definitely. all those technical difficulties were invisible to the audience. Fart noise. Mm-hmm. If not, our email is agonycast at gmail.com. That's incorrect, but go ahead and fire off email to that, too. <laughs> okay, so do I, do I get to pick for next time? Is that okay? Do you? All right. Well, then I would go with um, uh, uh, what's the best 80s movie never made. I think that's the one to go with next. Ooh. Hmm. Best 80s movie never made. Boy. Well, as we look out upon that troubling vista, I invite all of the listeners to uh, come with us on our next journey deep, deep into the agony cast. Until then, (laughs) wait, 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 take two. I got to work on that. Yeah. Plus, I thought that whole element really dropped away. Vampire's curse. Okay, when, when do we start recording? I was walking in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from the slab began to rise. 
and suddenly, to my surprise, 